Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, what's our podcast name again? Jesse, welcome back to uh, to Dialogue Quest. Uh, good yeah. to good to talk to you again, man. How's uh, your week treating you? Oh, it's not too bad. A uh, couple more days of work and uh, looking having a long weekend off. How about you? Oh, I know all about that. I actually uh, don't work. Today's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't work Wednesday. I don't work Thursday. I don't work Friday, and I don't work Saturday. Holy! And I don't work Sunday. So uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the way this week is looking. So so what are you gonna do for the next uh, entire week off that you have? Any um, plans? Yeah, I've got a huge one, big huge plan. It's to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> And I'm um, pretty excited about it, truth nice. be told. So, nice. yeah. Yep, yep. That sounds like the absolute best vacation I could imagine. Yeah, you know what? You know, uh, you get five days. What do you want to do? You want to pack up all your bags, hustle and bustle, get on an airplane, you know, deal with checking into a hotel, screaming kid, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or you just want to lay in bed. And watch some Netflix and and play some Nintendo Switch or something, you know. Yep. Yeah. So that's where my head's at. Well, um, now you've got five or six days to catch up on Letter Kenny, so you don't have an excuse anymore. I'm just taking your excuse away. I know I've been putting that off for too long, and I'm like, I feel like the last person on the planet who hasn't watched it. Well, it seemed like uh, when our friends were first sharing uh, about it that it seemed like a very niche. Uh, comedy but really good and i would say in the last three weeks i've seen it like explode all over my social media so explode all over your what (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i hear you man i see it i see it everywhere i uh it's everywhere it's everywhere just random people that i wouldn't even expect to uh uh to be watching it or fans so yeah Yep, never seen it, but I can certainly tell you there's a new season that just dropped. So, yep, uh, yeah, I'm I'll not caught all the way up either. So, but uh, I do enjoy it. I'm getting there. I'll check it out, man. Eventually, it's on. It's on my backlog, and you know me, and my backlog. <laughs> At least you're making progress on it. I guess we won't get into that yet. Let's, no, let's, yeah, we get to follow the schedule. We've got to outline because we're pretty high tech and organized here. <laughs> okay well on that note tee us up man what are we doing (laughs) all right so uh a little bit of follow-up you remember copyright follow-up copyright john Syracuse. yeah 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 Yeah. oh yeah you didn't remember that's okay uh Uh, nope but i said (laughs) yes and i thought we could just move on anyway let's move on uh our follow-up uh blizzard china we talked about that a little bit um i can't remember how much we talked about it briefly Uh, but briefly, so uh, yeah, we just hit on the Blitzchung thing and everything. So uh, this continues to stay in the news, and China is still continuing to stay in the news. So um, 
I thought you'd find this interesting as much of a Apple fanboy I have been for the last, well, 34 years of my existence. <laughs> um, was really pretty discouraged to read that Apple's CEO Tim Cook is now the chairman of the board of some, I don't even know the name of it, some Chinese university. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, what do you what do you think the implications are? Of... Well, um, honestly, I mean, Apple. Everyone knows Apple has a ton of money tied up in China. The, all of their well, not all, but a, a very strong majority of their products are uh, manufactured in China. In, uh, with yeah. Foxconn. Yeah, in those sweatshops. Yeah, Sorry. exactly. <laughs> Which is just another <laughs> another bad look. Um, and of course they want to sell more products in China because there's billions of people to sell things to. Uh Um, so coupled with the, just the timing of everything going on with China, uh, with China, uh, was, it just looks really bad for Apple in my opinion. Um, I guess reading up on it a little more, uh, Cook has been on this, uh, board since like 2013 and there's a ton of other companies that are on it uh, including uh like zuckerberg from facebook um google wasn't on there but uh a bunch of bunch of tech companies basically and this is one of the forefront uh tech universities in china but uh the fact that i don't know it just really seems like this regime in china has a very strong grasp or a lot of influence on american tech companies and i don't know it's starting to concern me more than than maybe it did in the past yeah i could see that i think well chinese or the china has uh uh they're they're really um sort of imposing their will and then there's uh, obviously a lot of contra with the Hong Kong stuff, and I don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't know enough for me to understand the gravity of what it means for these tech companies to be so involved in in China and in the Chinese economy and, and uh, interested in doing business there, and and. I, I don't know. I don't know the implications. So on one hand, as like some pure tribalism where I'm like, obviously, you know, I just want uh, what's best for the U.S., not necessarily at the expense of anyone else. Um, I'm like, you know, some of that might seem you know, daunting for me. But on the other hand, I don't quite know what it means, truth be told. So... Um, yeah, I'm just following closely and just trying to wrap my head around these kinds of things, uh, because I, I don't know what this equates to long term or or its impact, uh, you know, just uh, on us, our economy. And I know we're in a global economy now. And uh, but but what does that really mean for America's economy? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I'm in the same place just trying to wrap my head around it. And, of course, with everything going on right now, it is, it's a bad look to have your company tied at all to, to China. 
but the reality of it is that, uh, you know, Cook is uh, beholden to his shareholders at Apple, and they're looking at where they can grow at this point, and probably China is the the biggest potential on their roadmap. Um, but the other things that I think that makes it even more difficult to wrap your head around is, yeah, okay, these are private companies, and what motivates them? Is it just purely financial? Apple seems a little bit different because they were so um, – they speak publicly like they are – um an example for values uh they had the whole deal back many years ago where they wouldn't unlock an iphone or couldn't i think is technically the case but um they couldn't or wouldn't develop the tools to unlock an iphone in an investigation because they were so uh, strong an advocate of consumer privacy which is great which is a great look and helps them i think market their products here in the west but then in the same breath there, I think if China wanted something opened up, I would expect that they probably would bend to their will a little easier, just like they uh, pulled that uh, Hong Kong protester app from the App Store at their request. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and well, that's just it. And um, yeah, I think it, it's such a weird line to walk as a consumer or a, 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 just a place to be because you see, you know, let's say you're just a fan of Apple or any other uh, consumer product and you think, yeah, I, I like what they do. And of course, I want them to have some kind of moral fiber that makes sense, especially in this day and age, that's going to just, you know, uh, just empowered me to buy their products more because you know they're mm. i feel like i'm doing some good purchasing their product but how much of that is is them being full of shit maybe they understood right. like hey you know just not unlocking this is especially right now in the midst of all this privacy concern this is going to be amazing pr for us let's just not do it this once because we have all these other means of uh you know, just uh, exploiting the data we've been collecting all all along anyway. Mm -hmm. So it, you just never know. I don't know. And I know at the end of the day, humans run the show when it comes to the – but like you said, they're beholden, one, to their shareholders. But two, something I've noticed just anecdotally in business is that people tend – to really get ahead when they have selfish, almost narcissistic tendencies. And that's mm -hmm. why I think you see people like Donald Trump or people that want to pursue with everything they have, money and power, are going to be able to do so through sheer will. And then they end up CEOs of company A, B, or C, or president of the United States, or whatever have you. But they have these really screwed up tendencies where uh, their values just aren't the same. They're not quite, mm -hmm. you know, some of that that uh, that human empathy is gone because... Right. Well, uh, I wonder how much of that happens as a... Uh, as they... Uh, obtain that money and power if it changes it changes them I, I think you're right in that they probably do have some pre-existing narcissistic tendencies that 
they can latch on to to be so successful. But I wonder how much of it changes during the process as well. Well, true. Yeah, because then you get put in a situation where uh, that's the status quo and you're rewarded for it. And it's the environment you're now in and it's easier uh, mm. than making waves. Um, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if that's just, again, uh, just kind of propelled from the environments they're in. But I certainly, I don't know. I never look at even Nintendo. Look, I'll, you know me. I'm a Nintendo fanboy. Right. But at the end of the day, boy, you know, one, I'm not afraid to be critical with them. And two, they do some pretty fucked up shit sometimes. Um, <laughs> so it's like, how far do I do I let my goodwill faith for a business carry me you know right right yep 100 percent agree and you know and in all this at this point i'm very much tied to the apple ecosystem and looking at the alternatives i mean um i think apple's in a much better place privacy wise than google is but in the same breath looking at uh, what my alternatives would be, would this Apple-China thing bother me to that extent? Um, there's really not any alternatives for mobile technology. I mean, you're either tied into Apple's ecosystem or Google's. Yeah, exactly. But that what, tells you a lot right there. Are, absolutely, right? That's telling you something right there. That means, you, you know, the minute you start to feel stuck is when you you really have to evaluate uh, <laughs> you know, the health of whatever that niche is. Um, the fact that we just have Apple and Google and both to me are almost, they're not equal, but in some ways, in some capacity on some like base level, in my mind, they're both equal in this sense that they just feel like, I just have the sense that they would take everything they could from me from an information standpoint, along with the rest of the world mm -hmm. and just sell it to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm not comfortable with either of those companies. Right. Uh, so I don't know, but again, yeah. my and, ignorance and, keeps me a little, um, I can't really go too far with it. I just don't know the, you know, what the, the real implications are there. Yep. It's true. And it, uh, it, makes certain crazy people like Richard Stallman and the free software movement almost seem a little more sane. Like, uh, you know, I just can't even imagine what, what the, the free software foundation folks are, you know, they must just be pulling their hair out every day as we are tied down into these two ecosystems. And it's just billions of people the world over basically hand away their privacy and don't think twice about it. Yeah, they're probably like, what are you doing, you idiots? <laughs> it's right there. You have this alternative. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, for not sure, to, man. I guess we we trailed that one off a little ways, but not too far, I guess. I mean, um, the other thing we got written down is uh, maybe you can explain exactly what happened better than me, but there was a Blizzard Overwatch event. It wasn't in like New York City or something for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it got canceled, actually. 
Um, And I think it was Blizz who did the canceling, but it looked like Nintendo really distanced themselves from the Overwatch launch. They really didn't announce it. It launched on the same day as The Witcher 3 for the Switch. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't announce it, really. They They didn't even put it in their news feed, I'm pretty sure. They stayed away from uh blizzard and overwatch uh the event was canceled and they didn't even tweet about it they tweeted about witcher 3 launching uh they just basically snubbed blizzard and overwatch and said hey we're not uh sticking our nose in this uh you know with blizz dealing with uh what what they're dealing with so um it was weird it was just like a total cone of silence from nintendo with that uh, overwatch launch which is weird because overwatch is gonna be or could have been a mm-hmm. pretty big announcement for for nintendo and for the switch so mm-hmm. yep um but i i don't blame them uh <laughs> i think that was probably the smart move rather than tie themselves to uh the shit storm mm-hmm well, there. Um, anything else on China? You know, no. To quote Donald Trump, though, China, <laughs> China, 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 China. No, I got nothing else on China. <laughs> All right, good. I'm sure we'll be back next week on more China, but <laughs> stay tuned, Donald. Uh, <laughs> MMO follow up. Uh, the only really thing I've got on this is. Uh, we talked about it quite a bit. We uh, and oddly enough, we get into more depth in our text chat about it after the episode, and I think into a, a deeper argument about what constitutes an MMO. Yeah, that was funny. So we had this surface level talk, and then uh, we took it offline and uh, <laughs> had a very <laughs> very heated discussion. <laughs> like, shoot, that sucks. <laughs> Wish that would have panned out on the podcast. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Did you have any? Did you want to further it? I mean, did you have any additional thoughts on that, or did you know? No, just uh, I think we'll come back to it another time. Um, mostly, I guess the the argument boiled down to uh, what really constitutes the MMO genre and how some games like Destiny may be adopting that terminology and may or may not fit certain people's criteria um okay, well i'm just gonna flat out say it it didn't right. fit mine i think it fit <laughs> some others we we yelled we screamed we threw furniture at each other yeah. but uh it was a, a really good conversation and i would like to pick it up again because mm-hmm. the, the direction it went it was intriguing i don't, I don't think we really landed on an answer but the path we took to get to no answer uh was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun so i would like to go down that road with you again you know a little bit further at a different time maybe all right sounds good well uh gaming news um why don't you start with the ps5 thing tell me a little bit about that uh just rumors mainly so evidently there was uh i think it was a retailer leak. I could be mm. wrong. Don't quote me on this. But they're looking at uh, 500 euros mm. for the 
the upcoming PS5, which is rumored to be released holiday 2020, uh, which would put it at about 549 USD, maybe, probably. What is uh, that? 549 US dollars? Yes. 599 US dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Giant enemy crabs. It, it would be so great if they came out on the stage and were so self-aware to announce it that way. Again, with giant enemy crabs. Uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Actually, I think they would... Sc- and and I, I wouldn't put it past Sony. Sony's pretty aware. I've yeah. seen them take some clever knocks at Microsoft on these, uh, you know, their press conferences. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I wouldn't put it past them, but that would be funny as hell. Uh, yeah. I would laugh. Uh, just thinking of that PS3 launch all over again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 549. Woo. But that's rumored. Uh but still intriguing. I want to get your opinion on that in just a second. And then the dev kit, they released an actual, actual picture of a dev kit out in the wild. Looked like a weird V-shaped spaceship. Um, had a big V on top. It was like flat, a flat, solid platform with a giant V on the top. It was super strange. Um, I can't imagine... That would be, and and it is an actual dev kit out in the wild, but I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. No, that's very strange looking. Yeah, I think that is just the dev kit. You know how dev kits are. Sometimes they look just like a giant old stereo with the, you know, the, like they they look weird. So, you know, the uh, Xbox 360 dev kits were actually Power Mac G5s in the big. aluminum steel enclosures no they weren't no they they shipped them out (laughs) yeah exactly microsoft kits were apple computers that's hilarious wow um you 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 think they'd not they'd not be okay with that you think that that's funny so uh that's hilarious uh so yeah this v-shaped spaceship is evidently the dev kit um, they just, Sony did a patent here recently for cloud streaming for gaming, kind of like the Google, uh, Stadia, which you and I haven't talked about, which I think would be an interesting talk. And then the other thing I kind of, on a quick side note, want to talk to you about is that, uh, Atari's platform that they kickstarted that, uh, they're retro, they were releasing a console, and they announced it over a year ago, and I was mm-hmm. kind of following it, but I wanted I wanted to really talk about that and go through kind of the lifespan of what happened with that Atari console. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we can we can talk about that down the road. But I'm also curious about your take on the Google Stadia. We I don't know if you want to get into that, but yeah, the, let's hit it. Okay, and I'll just wrap up the PS5 rumor thing. Yeah. Um, evidently backwards compatible. I don't know the specs. Um, you know, it's got a, a quad port giga mega hammer wad and a TCP yep. combo drive, and it's got a <laughs> upgrade digital K processor. I well, don't know. The, the big thing I keep hearing about it spec-wise that's supposed to be the, the major change is uh, going to an SSD drive. I heard uh, that, yep. And supposedly they're trying to argue that it's faster than pc ssds which doesn't make any sense 
I'm uh, going to call BS on that. Those NVMe drives, uh, SSDs are pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe they're using something like that or even a proprietary connector. Uh, so maybe marginally, but uh, basically an SSD is an SSD, which I think will be great in the console. But um, for me, I guess well, going back on the 549 uh, US dollar price tag thing, I don't know, man. I've always I've bought consoles um every generation for a long time and i just i think the pc is in a much better position than it's ever been in now and at almost 600 dollars, you could build a pc probably for similar similar specs and have access to similar games well that's an intriguing thing and that's what i was saying um a couple years ago is here's the thing when I it was on the when the the PS Pro and the Scorpio or you know whatever the X which is yeah. now the X were announced is these computers are becoming so much like or these consoles are becoming so much like computers and then we look at PC gaming and it, let's just take Steam Steam trying to get into the household for like that the difference in a set top box and a PC are becoming so marginal mm-hmm. that it's almost like the set-top box is squeezing out its own relevance by becoming more like a PC. Yep. It's like, what? what is the point? Soon we're going to be saying, what is the point of a set-top box? Right. You know? And Sony is trying to, to maintain it by keeping their exclusive games, which they've got some of the best game gaming experiences that of anybody um the last of us horizon god of war the spider-man game was freaking way better than i ever expected it to be um all great games uh but then on the other hand you look at microsoft and what they're doing with the xbox game pass and they're just basically like yeah hey all right you don't have an xbox you can play all of our games on pc anyway yeah exactly And, and that's almost more confusing to me as to what microsoft's roadmap looks like because you know if they're hoping to sell a another console which i know the x bone didn't do that great this generation um i don't know Uh, i i i think they're on to something bigger Mm -hmm. i don't think they play in another console to be honest look look at the way they're consolidating pc and Xbox, and they're saying, "Hey, look, here's a, you know, here's a War Five. You don't have to own or buy an Xbox uh, One or Xbox One X. You can play that on your your computer." I think. And, I don't and know their what it new is. version of their apps too um, has a way to stream games to your phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they are maybe. My mind is at them working on a universal service where you can play any of their big games on virtually any device. I think that's where they're going. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sold on cloud gaming, by the way. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a smart move, if that's their plan. Because I'm not sold. You lose too much. It's just not there yet. You lose too much. I don't... I'm... 
if if my options were to play locally or cloud, I would take locally all day. So, but I, I just feel like Microsoft is um, they gotta be they have to have a plan. I can't mm-hmm. imagine them not having a plan. Saying, hey, you you want all these amazing uh, exclusives and get you want Gears of War or uh, uh, yeah, uh, you want Gears. Um, you you can pick it up on your PC. You don't even have to buy an Xbox. Right. I I just feel like they have to have a plan. And I feel like it's really about their subscription. I feel like that's what it is. They're going to try to get these games that they develop or or their first party or their exclusives, whether first party or not, tied to a service that they can run to any device. It's got to be. It's got to be. What else are they doing? If not, they're totally confused. Right. And I don't understand. <laughs> it's one way or the other. They they either have a master plan and they're playing, what do they say, playing 4D chess or whatever, mm-hmm. or they're just completely confused, which we've seen both out of Microsoft. But. Could be either, but I'll tell you, what's his name? Is it Spence? Phil Spence? Who's the head of um, the yeah, uh, Xbox? Yeah, uh, Major Nelson or whatever, right? Is it? Well, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. hold on. Let me, uh, let me, I'm sorry about my mechanic. Oh, that's Larry Herb is Major Nelson. Yeah, and I think Phil Spencer is right. Yeah, yeah, Phil right. Spencer. Um, I just feel like they can't be that dumb. They've got to have something in the in in the works that it, they're transitioning to, and it feels like a transition. That's what it feels. It feels like they're in a transitionary period. Where they're saying, okay, we're done with the set-top box. We've got a better idea. Or at least in their mind. Yeah. And, I mean, shit, look at the Nintendo Switch. That thing's... um, It's a total hybrid for uh, complete mobility. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and, And don't tell me Sony and Microsoft didn't see... You know the 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 room Nintendo made with right. the market that they grabbed with that total mobility and set top box hybrid. Right. So I think one one of them at least maybe Microsoft is saying, oh yeah, Nintendo and Sony, well we're gonna take it all. We're gonna offer set top box. We're gonna offer literally on any device our games, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like is the next step from something like a switch is uh sony or microsoft coming in and saying okay you can play our games on any and just about any device right uh but on the flip side i'm not sold on cloud gaming and um right well and my problem with i think cloud gaming will work well for mobile devices that's why i think stadia particularly seems very strange and on its own i think it's a maybe a good attempt for google to break into the market but i see cloud gaming applying more to devices mobile devices or things like the switch and then you have your set top boxes like the ps5 trying to compete in a market where the pc is arms and legs and head well above anything the ps5 can do yeah, and that, that's what I say. I say get a right. PC, man. You can yeah, build a PC we'll, dirt cheap right now, especially with AMD parts and right. uh, 
Oh, well, sorry, I didn't this... mean to interrupt. Keep going. No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, John Syracuse, a guy that I like quite a bit, or listen to his podcast. He's a big Destiny player, and uh, so he's talked about his setup and how he's gone and gotten a uh, PS4 Pro, and he's got an incredible uh, HDR PC monitor hooked up to the PS4 Pro uh, just to get the best fidelity that he can from it. And at that point, it just confuses me as to why if you're going to that extent to run this uh, PS4 Pro on a fancy monitor, why wouldn't you just... It, it isn't that much more of a leap to get a PC that could run Destiny 2 infinitely better at much higher frame rates than the Pro. Exactly, yeah. Well, you, me and you just went through a build not that long ago, mm-hmm. and we paid peanuts, dude, and we yep. got... Uh, extremely adequate gaming PC for peanuts, for right. peanuts, dude. And that's my is uh, the more these, you know, when I look at the 549 USD, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, man, you know, for 600 bucks, I can build a pretty darn good gaming PC. Yep. Um, so I'm with you. I don't. I think the gap between PC and, and set-top box is more confusing than ever. And I think PC may, you know, they may win in all this because, man, 549 dude. If I'm going to drop that kind of money on hardware, oh, yeah. I could build a decent little gaming rig, man. Right, from scratch. And if you yeah. already have a decent gaming rig... 549 could get you a pretty substantial upgrade, even if you're looking at upgrading your motherboard processor and graphics card. Heck yeah, dude. I mean, uh, geez, the, 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 uh, just disclosure here. I picked up the Ryzen 5 3600X. That's mm-hmm. cheap, man. A, a motherboard that supports the, uh, new gen, uh, AMD chips, dirt cheap. It's all cheap, man. I mean, you can. This is a great time to be a PC gamer as long as you're okay, uh, just taking a little bit of time, and uh, and 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 weighing your options, buying parts, and and putting that stuff together yourself. Yep. Uh, even if you don't, I mean, you're gonna pay a little overhead to have someone pre-assemble this stuff for you, but um, it's still really cheap. Uh, if you want to save even more money, do it yourself. It's not. It, Look, I'm not, not the smartest difficult. guy in the room by a long shot, but uh, I managed it. You so. would be if you were over here on this side of the country with me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. no. maybe no, not think, over there, I guess. I think over there where you're at, dude, I could not beat you at uh, King of the Mountain on that game. I think I would lose out. I so. so, but well, my point yeah. stands. I think as people weigh the notion of a ps5 i think they're also going to be weighing the notion of a pc at the same time yep i agree um another news item that we've got here uh capcom also seemingly enjoys pc now which i really appreciate from them uh but another thing is they're looking at reviving other dormant uh, ips after they've had a lot of success with devil may cry and monster hunter world um and resident evil has always been pretty good for them but um the other thing that i think is interesting about capcom is they've just recently really started pushing their games on pc 
Which is neat and good to see. Yeah, I know. Uh, look, this is a, um, I don't know if this counts, but Resident Evil 2 remake. Hell of a game. Uh, nice uh, PC port. Beautiful. I would be interested to see what Capcom does with their um, some of their dormant uh, IPs. Monster Hunter, I mean, that's always been a big thing for a niche. I think World kind of right, blew it open a little uh, but I was, you know, I didn't play my first one until Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Yep, and same with uh, that was a, an amazing game. And I thought, why isn't this a huge deal? This this is great. And then the next thing I know, Monster Hunter World drops. And it was like, boom. You know, every everyone is like, wow, everyone had to have that game. And I thought, I think it helped, one, that it launched on the PS Four, along yeah. with uh, instead of like I know I played Monster Hunter Three Ultimate on this on the on the Wii U, yeah. But and um, prior to that, it was pretty heavily a uh, mobile game. Mobile the, game, uh, exactly. The DS, right? Yeah. So it really we started to see it get away from mobile. Exactly. That's just it, and I think that that helped. Um, but it, it's been a great series all along, from what I've heard, mm-hmm. and then my experience with Monster Hunter Three was just perfect. I really enjoyed that game. So I'm, I wasn't surprised to see it take off. Part of me almost wondered, I wonder why it took so long, but I think it was the transition away from mobile to uh, to like a, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe a AAA experience with. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So to your point, yeah, I'd love to see what Capcom does. Um, I, You know what? Where the hell's Mega Man? Aside from I know all these uh, like um, collections they're releasing and all these, you know, they got to do something real with that. That's what I would like to see. I agree. I would love to see that. And I know we've got a few friends that are uh, are pretty strong Mega Man fans. But um, the other one that I heard that was mentioned in them reviving IPs was um, Lost Planet. And do you remember that game for Xbox 360? Yes, I do. Lost yeah. Planet. Yeah, didn't third they make a few of those? Co-op. They made a few yeah. of those. Yeah, yeah I thought they made co-op. like three of those. So uh, the reason that they made yeah. uh, made this sound interesting, along with the Capcom looking at reviving dormant IPs, was the idea that uh, maybe the gaming uh, gaming culture environment is much more apl- acceptable of co-op games now. It's much more often that you see people jumping into like destiny or other co-op games with friends. So, uh, whereas when lost planet launched, it was kind of, you know, they still had Xbox live and everything, but it was still very new to some people. I could see that. And, and I could see lost planet. I think they eventually dropped those on PC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a good home for it, but I, I would like to see a really good lost planet. Um, I've I played the first one briefly. It felt like it's purely a multiplayer game. Like the best you're gonna get out of that game is with some friends. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think they've got a valid point there with uh you know the market being much more open to that kind of thing. Um that would be an interesting one if they do a really good one. Uh it always seemed intriguing to me. The gameplay was fun. It just felt like it was you're gonna get your bang for your buck doing this with friends, so yeah. 
Well, uh, on that note. Is that a ginger ale? Uh, no, it's just sparkling water. I knew it. I could tell. I could tell <laughs> by tell. the sound of the pops a little harder than a beer. That's true. Uh, it does have a little more of a, a carbonation than beer. Yeah, and you can hear the metal shear a little more, like as as yeah. it scrapes when the the <laughs> the flap. You can tell it wasn't yeah. a beer. I could tell instantly. Oh, you can just smell it. <laughs> Twenty-five hundred miles away. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Oh. So, what have you been playing this week? Um, I beat Mario Odyssey. Oh man, that did not take you long. No. Uh, <laughs> and our viewers are like, it's been out for how long? Um, no, you just got it though. Or listen, yeah, exactly. I just got it. Um, I just picked it up. I want to say it took me eight hours. I don't know, something like that. Um. And I got I got a fair amount of um, the moons too. I wasn't like totally just from A to B. Um, yeah. I took some time exploring, but it, I found it to be a fairly easy game to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could tell some of the moons would be a pain in the butt, and that's where the difficulties can be at is a hundred percenting the game, which mm-hmm. I may or may not do. But it was a neat game. It was creative as hell. Um, there was so much reason to explore. They literally hid shit around every corner. I mean, if you took to the time to try to get somewhere, there was stuff hidden there. Didn't matter where it was. Um, really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a great game. Loved the different environments. Loved some of the little mechanisms in the gameplay, whether it was uh, taking the shape of all these different uh, enemies that could do you know, a variety of stuff or... Uh, just uh, some of the levels and boss fights and things had some really fun mechanisms to it. It was a really good game. Um, I thought it was a, just a tad bit on the short side, mm-hmm. um, but I really enjoyed it. I would I would probably give it a 9 out of 10 yep. um, and say that it was a very enjoyable uh, gaming experience for me. I had fun. Yes. Nice. Yep. Nice. What else have you been up to? Oh, that and uh, FF12. Um, mm. Just started that uh, Zodiac Age. Enjoying it immensely. It's different. You know, it almost feels like Final Fantasy meets Xenoblade or something. Mm-hmm. Like the combat is is different. Obviously, it's a little more like uh, real time, but not. Um, mm. Kind of uh, an MMO feel almost. Yeah, me. very MMO, very MMO, open world. The 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 way that the party system works and everything feels a bit like an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, kind of it, it. It's got a really political feel to the story, um, which I'm enjoying thus far. Um, enjoying the story, enjoying the characters for the most part. I still am not sold on the main character. I think he's a little too, uh, well, I don't know. He's just like, uh, I, I don't want to drop anything about it, but yeah, I don't like him. Yeah. But I enjoyed the game, so I'm enjoying that. And then I put a little How bit. How do you like uh, Bosch, right? His name's Bosch. Bosch. I like him. I like yeah. him. Uh, I like him. I do not like the main protagonist that much. I like Bosch more than the main protagonist. Yep. So... 
Um, but cool game. I, li- I like it. I like a lot of the mechanisms of the, um, what do they call it? The licenses, the licenses and, and uh, picking kind of how you develop, which path you're going to go down, which class, and then uh, developing your licenses for your classes for each of your characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a neat game. I'm enjoying it. I think uh, I may may actually see this one through. <laughs> nice. We'll see. Nice. But I'm enjoying it thus far. And then the last game I've been playing is Disco Elysium. Put mm-hmm. a few more hours into it. Uh, damn, that game is well written. Holy yeah. shit. I've seldom had a game make me laugh out loud. Uh, but Disco Elysium did that on multiple occasions already. Highly recommend that game. Don't expect anything like action-packed. It's not a guns a blazing game. It's mostly dialogue driven dice rolls, but damn, is it well done? Um, yeah. I'm one really of the opinions I'd seen about it was uh, people saying not to save scrub it because uh, they've had some hilarious things happen to their character after they've made some dumb choices. That's just this. You're having all this internal dialogue with your brain based on the stats you said in the beginning and what you think is like, oh shit, I fucked that up not only ends up with some interesting storytelling, but can actually end up benefiting you a little bit in the end. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I think save scrubbing for that game is like the ultimate no-no because you just never know what's going to happen. But damn, it's well-written. It really relies on your stat rolls for the outcome of things. And so it's got, I can already tell, it's got infinite replayability. Uh, but it's very clever, very clever game. As long as someone can handle reading some dialogue, rolling some dice, I, I couldn't recommend it higher thus far. And I'm I'm not even that far into it. I'm just a handful of hours into it. So nice. Yep, yep. So that's me. How about you, Matt? Oh, uh, well, I'm still chipping away at Fire Emblem a little bit at a time. I'm up to chapter ten now. So. Uh, getting close and that was on the black eagles right i am yeah black eagles line so i'm told there's a uh, i need to save pretty soon because there's a branch coming up so if you want to do both yep yep yep, yep. yep. so been playing that uh, still chipping away also a little bit of destiny just working my item level up but uh not as hard as i was playing after the uh, shadow keep launch but still playing a little bit um and then uh, you bastard, and Don't us say talking it out about. Loud. Don't say it out loud. I get it. It's in the. Don't it's in the outline. It. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. Say it. All right. I'm gonna say it. So, uh, we had to have that. Well, it started off with our discussion on the podcast, and then yeah, MMOs. our big MMO discussion in text chat, and what makes a real MMO, and of course that puts me on an unstoppable path into playing the one game that is clearly defined as the most sandbox clearest representation of an MMO. So I played Eve again for <laughs> another couple weeks. Um, damn, mm. okay. What'd you get? 
<laughs> well, <laughs> you, you just you can't help yourself, man. No, uh, I can't. And what made it worse was the the same day that we had the big discussion about uh, MMOs. I get an email from CCP Games saying, "Hey, we're doing a week of free skills if you subscribe." And uh, <laughs> so I'm like, "Hey, yeah, that sounds like a great idea." Let's oh do my that. gosh. So. Um, yeah, so I did a little more exploring and uh, chatted with some people in the my corporation, and um, but no, I'm not going to stick with it. It's uh, it, again and again, uh, we both love the idea of Eve Online much more than I enjoy playing it. Yeah, which so. it's always that thing in the back of my mind where I'm like, the very notion of Eve just calls to me in the back of my brain. I'm like do it do it but then as soon as i think of the like what it really means to play eve i'm like oh, i can't i can't yep. do it i can't do it it's like every if i wrote down on a pen and paper everything i wanted in the game it would come out similar to eve yep. but it just doesn't equate for me well we talked about it man um it's as deep and uh, unforgiving but also rewarding as any game out there. But it's just moment to moment. It's just not fun. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of tedium in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some magical shit that happens in that game. When you're, mm-hmm. you're looking at those different channels and they're telling you, Hey, we've got hostiles and you know, here or there. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is so immersive. Yeah. That, like, this it's is it's one of those games where, like you see people playing other MMO games where they role play to be more like their character and immerse themselves more into the game. And Eve does not require that in the slightest because you are completely immersed and acting on behalf of your character, just being in there and being exactly. in all these Intel channels. And um, yeah. Yeah. The Intel channels. I just get a, I'm just like in my ship watching these until i just feel like i'm in this game you know but then yep. i realized like there's just not enough game for me is the thing yeah like uh, the the immersion to me was second to none the look of the game the aesthetic i love i think that's still as old as eve is oh the aesthetic still gets me man it's so good uh, I just feel like, man, I get, dude, sometimes I just stare at my spaceship for like 10 minutes, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this, this is so good, yeah. um, but yes. the, it, it needs something more, and hopefully we'll see that, not from Star Citizen, the scam, uh, yeah, I know. evidently, but maybe yeah. some way, somehow down the road, we'll get everything that is Eve packaged yep. in where the gameplay is just as just as phenomenal as the rest of the stuff. Yep. Yep. Fingers crossed. Maybe yep. it'll happen someday. So, um, you want to sec- uh, link us into our main topic here? I guess Eve's are probably a good segue into that because, um, I think if you had unlimited time to game, you'd be much more apt at being really good at Eve. Uh, but it's not a game when you have a life and a job and a family to balance along with it. Makes it harder. And I think that is a good segue into something that I think uh, you and I can relate to, to the end of the earth, which is the work life gaming balance. Um, As parents, 
as professionals and as as people who are really into their hobbies as well it gets really hard man it gets mm-hmm. tough so yeah no absolutely so both you and i've been talking a lot i feel in the last couple of weeks about uh gaming time and how it applies to everything else in your life um and not that i've scaled back a whole lot but I have a little bit in the last couple of weeks uh, as far as gaming goes, and I've even toyed with the idea of um, kind of doing a detox and not gaming altogether for some time. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a little bit this week, and you know, man, it's a tough one for me. Uh, I want to get your headspace, but just to blab a little bit further on that mm. is – um think about it yeah it's absolutely it's quote unquote a a waste of time in the sense that there's no real tangible productivity from it you know i'm not bettering myself necessarily though i might have moments of you know the way that movies or tv can uh sometimes make you think or make you laugh or you know whatever stir emotions or be looked at as art and but otherwise there you know that sense of accomplishment is just self-created there's no real true quote-unquote productivity but then on the flip side i'm really reaching a spot in my life where i don't want to look at my life as just how productive i can be you know what i mean like how Mm -hmm. i take care of my family i love my family i make sure that they have a roof over the head our bills are paid we've got food on the table and uh that is my number one priority in my life uh but at the same time i think you gotta do what you enjoy you know Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta find time for you and the things that you enjoy part of that for me i think will be gaming but there is a balance and sometimes and you know it's easy to go beyond that balance with gaming and i don't care what anyone says you know the discussions of whether it's uh, uh addictive or or whatever the case may be it's a hobby that i really enjoy and mm-hmm. sometimes i can get a little too uh and i feel like hey this is too much time i've got other things that i really need to get to um, so I, it, it's back and forth for me in the, in that I enjoy it because it's been a lifelong hobby, but at the same time, sometimes I do feel like the balance is off. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not what it needs to be. Yeah. For me, it's, um, it goes a lot into what my daily or weekly habits are and what I've established it has as habits. Um, and so, you know, as long as I maintain my healthy habits that I'm out getting my exercise in and that I'm getting, I feel like productive things done like around my house and normal regular chores or raking leaves like I did for hours today. Um, ah. I feel much better about spending time gaming um and having gaming as a habit it's it's not as bad 
as I think many people put it out to be. A lot of people will, uh, particularly in people that aren't in gaming, look down at it as addicting. And um, But it's nothing like being addicted to drugs or alcohol or anything. Uh, can it have a negative impact on your life if you spend 14 hours a day playing an MMO or a World of Warcraft or something? Absolutely. But... <sighs> more often than not that's that's uh, an exception and not the rule right yeah and no, the thing right. that that pulled me back a little bit from trying to cut it off altogether and detox and falling into that you know it's it's entirely negative is that there's some definite positives to it too um you and i both work demanding jobs that sometimes go way beyond normal work hours and having a hobby where I can come home and just completely disconnect, whether that's healthy or not in processing it, I don't know. But the escapism and being able to disconnect entirely from everything else for an hour block at a time or something, um, I think is something that I kind of need once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll throw this at you, right? Like, uh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid and I'd get home from... And I was a gamer back then when I was a kid, but uh, mm-hmm. most of the time when I'd get home from school and I'd be waiting for dinner, I'd bury myself in a book. But mm-hmm. it was the same thing. It was all about escaping to this uh, really involving world, whatever it was, whatever the book was. Um, a lot of fiction at the time. Not that I didn't read nonfiction, uh, but a, a lot of it was fiction. And it was about mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a... It, it's escapism and it's a little bit of a relax and a change of pace. And, uh, and I think gaming does the same thing, but it falls under the same category of anything else that is bad in excess, food, drugs, Mm. alcohol, whatever it is. Um, you have to put it in a place of moderation. Um, so, yeah, and even books, books or movies or television or whatever the right. entertainment medium is, you still need your priorities, right? So at the end of the day, I think it's just that is if you if you have your priorities right and you adhere to them, then you're going to be in an okay place, which is the same place that I feel like mostly you and I are at our responsibilities really tend to come first. Now, let's say you're thinking of like, hey, there's these things in my life that I want to achieve, but because I'm so busy, it's going to eat into just about all of my spare time. So you know what? I've got to cut a hobby for a while, and I'm going after this. I think that's healthy and great. I think that's perfect. You say, hey, screw fucking video games and the entertainment part for now because I'm going after this big thing and I'm doing it. It's what I want to do. Um, then I could see, you know, parking, parking games, maybe even long-term, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how you prioritize things. But I really do think it comes down to, to priorities. And one thing that I, I know about you and, and about myself is, um, since we've become adults, probably not in our, our youth, but um, we're pretty darn good at prioritizing the right things. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So I try if, if and I and I'm pretty objective when it comes to it, I think, but that's the trap, right? Is right. I feel like I I try to strike the right balance with that and make sure my hobbies aren't overshadowing the other things that are important in my life, which is uh, time with my son, uh, mm-hmm. time with my partner, uh, and making sure I'm, I'm uh, you know, me and her getting, you know, the time we need together uh, because I love those things. Right. And uh, making sure my work is taken care of to a world-class level that's critical to me, those kinds of things. So it, to me, it always just comes down to priority. And if there's time for my hobbies, then I will indulge. But if there's not, after all those other things take precedent, then then that week's shot, and I, I'm not getting to my hobbies. And I feel like that's been a good balance for me. But on the other hand, sometimes I look at all those hours and I think, man, it's so much wasted time, right? <laughs> yeah. Because there's all that pressure to be just um, productive. Well, and it's it's definitely an an exercise in hindsight, because if you look at it as, you know, what am I going to do today? And okay, I'm going to later today, I'm going to relax, right? People don't sit down and say, okay, you know, I'm going to plan out my day and I'm going to work for eight hours and then I'm going to come home and spend six hours scrolling on Instagram on the couch. Right. But it, it happens, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess one of the other things, too, is um, I'm curious. Have you ever, ever taken a break from games, uh, like, altogether for any amount of time? Yeah, to see Either that's a good intentionally yeah. or uh, forced? Um, I have on different parts of my life for usually months at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The thing about gaming even now, uh, more than ever, is I feel like I could leave it uh, more than ever. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm always careful and I always play devil devil's ad- advocate with myself and wonder, like, where's my mindset on that? Why, why would I do that? Is that going to make me more fulfilled or happier? Mm-hmm. And that I still can't answer. I don't know. I mean, um, if I could leave it, um, now would be the time. I feel like I'm a little. Yeah, I feel like with with so many games, especially AAA, I just feel like I've been there, done that, and uh, more and more, it's harder. It's harder for me to complete a game. It's it, it's all broken time. It's split here. It's split there. Do I get two-thirds through the game or the, all the way through the game? Does it really matter? It all right. kind of blurs, you know? And I'm just like, ah, I could quit, man. I could really quit playing games for the rest of my life. But then there's the other half of the coin where, like, is there is there real value in that? What am I going to do with the rest of that time? And even if it makes me, quote unquote, more productive, is that going to make me a happier person? Right. I don't know and, the answer. And having a hobby definitely has some value in it in itself. I mean, 
yeah, there's tons of wasted time. And you know what, if I spend every one of those thousand hours working out or studying or, you know, making money somehow, would I be better off or happier? Yeah. Are you going to be more fulfilled? I don't know. Right. And well, I don't know either, but should we try? Right. And uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's uh, God. Some of it's it, a lot of it's just so habit. You know, it's like shit. I've been doing this you know, yep. since I was like five years old. Yep. Uh, when I need a few, uh, a couple hours to unwind or just to relax, it's sit down and and boot up something that. Uh, will occupy my mind and and not that they're all bad either i mean i think gaming as a hobby is i don't want it to come across as super healthy or making people geniuses but i think it's much more engaging and better for your brain than uh sitting and watching netflix or scrolling instagram and i think there's they've had some science recently that has shown that it um has positive effects towards like Alzheimer's and dementia patients because your brain stays engaged during your leisure time. I could see that. I think uh, it was uh, years ago, there was a study that showed there there's more brain activity staring at a brick wall than watching television. Yeah. So, you know, and I don't know how that compares to gaming, but um, it, there are things about gaming that I know have, uh, have have been valuable to my life. They've been valuable. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some negative, too. Obviously, they're a pretty big time commitment. Um, but, you know, just like financial watching. Financial commitment. <laughs> financial is a big one, exactly. You think about all the, holy shit, man. You think about all the money I've spent on video games in my lifetime. If I yep. could have recoup all that money, man, yep. I'd be, uh, whew. I'd have a McMansion somewhere yep. in, uh, I don't know, fucking Washington or something, or Maine, <laughs> or I'd be living the high life, dude. Yep. Um, and that's a good point in itself. But the detoxing is intriguing to me. Um, mm-hmm. Another big one is uh, is beer. Not that I drink, mm-hmm. you know. And just an absolute ton of it. But on the weekend, right. you know, Friday, uh, I've been thinking about scaling that that down to just about nothing as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, both of those have been uh, in my wheelhouse to consider kind of shrinking down. Mm-hmm. But again, I just look at it like, you know, what what. I look at them. My favorite philosopher of all time is Alan Watts. He died an alcoholic, but man, he was smart. And he really thought about quality over quantity. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it's justification for bad habits or things that are going to pull you down or the people around you. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But you also can't lose sight of yourself. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You can't lose sight of yourself. You can't lose sight of the things you want and your interests. So. And what you enjoy. and Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Which, you know, I think the potential for alcohol to be a, a negative impact on somebody as far as uh, overuse is probably worse than gaming. 
or oh, by a years. mile, by a mile. Uh, at the same time, not and you're definitely not there by any stretch. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's probably healthy, both with gaming and alcohol or any habit, to kind of take some time and evaluate what benefit does this bring to my life. Which I think I kind of did a little bit last week in our discussions about whether I was gonna game at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to take a minute and evaluate, like I said, what what value does do I get from this? What negatives do I get from this? And how can I adjust this to make it uh, meaningful for me or improve my life by evaluating it? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yep, that's exactly it. Is is this bringing any value to me? And uh, and, and is it not interfering with the other things that I value? And Part of here's the trouble too is um, we have our little collective, our group of friends that we play games with, mm-hmm. um, typically on Friday nights, and there's value there because there's um, <clears throat> some there's something important about keeping up with friends that I love that I've known for a long time, yep. and uh, spending time with them. Yeah, and and the, this group of friends is uh, is pretty <clears throat> incredible, and to think that it's uh, we've known these people and met them just on the internet. Well, I mean, uh, quite a few of us didn't know each other uh, in person there, but a handful of folks that uh, we've met just online, and uh, we've been friends for oh, well, geez, uh, six years. Yeah, six, seven years, something crazy now. The time just yeah, flies. Let alone, well, shit, me, you, Josh. Well, Josh, you, your your yeah. brother, but uh, me and you, and uh, you know, there's uh, twenty years of history there, yep. almost. And then we've got yep. these folks that we've known, uh, we've met, you know, uh, we've met them, but they, you know, they've been around for six, what, what have you, six years? He said. Yep. Um, it's uh it's it's an important part of my life is these are friends that i relate to i really enjoy love their company i love their spending time with them and this is the medium for which we connect now could we connect on other mediums maybe maybe we could do like a group like movie watch or something uh which is still going to take up the same amount of time anyway um but i I wouldn't be ready to be like, hey, I am not doing this thing, and now I'm not going to be able to connect with you guys right. uh, for a long period of time. Or even if we do, it's – and sure, we can still talk, which right. is really But having that shared hobby that you can talk to people at length and passionately about sometimes is, I think – build stronger relationships well yeah i mean we've uh uh well that's why i think why we're still we've known these guys for six years um you know and uh we we do our thing you know most fridays and uh enjoy each other's company and i think uh the 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 games have been a catalyst for that because it's given us a platform uh, to cooperate together, to do things together, to just be be um, connected, basically. So, yeah. um, do you ever 
uh, hold your gaming off as uh, a reward for for doing anything else. Like if I go to the uh, to the gym, then all right, I'm good to to geek out for a while. Or if I get the rakes or the if I get the rake sleeved. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm getting tired. Uh, if I get the leaves raked, you know, then all right, I'll come in and uh, chill out for a while. Do you, have you ever done anything like that? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. I just uh, it is. It's uh, well, my down. It's like anything with my downtime. The downtime becomes a reward for the things that I put in. It beca- because then I don't know if this is what it is. I have a hunch. It's like the guilt goes away, right, for enjoying mm-hmm. yourself because you know you put in your time. Uh, to do the things you had to do. Not only that, you uh, made time for other important things, like whether it's time with your kids or your, your spouse, or you know, mm. you 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 made the time for that. You feel good about where those relationships are. So then you can say, ah, yeah, okay, everything is squared away in my life that's really important to me. Now I can get down to my little reward for myself, which is my uh, alone time or my time with a few friends and get into my hobby. uh, And I can make a little time for that. But yeah, I think it becomes, it's a reward. It's not, it's what's left over and it's a reward. Um, Mm. But I certainly, yeah, sorry, I'm just blabbing on. it yeah i often leverage games and and other things as a as a reward for uh doing my best for my work my job my priorities and then getting a little time for myself Mm. well i think uh i think we hit that pretty good um i guess i guess my big takeaway is if you've got something you enjoy and uh you can integrate it uh the healthy level into your life and uh, it doesn't take away from all your other stuff don't overanalyze it too much maybe like i've been doing you're in a good spot man (laughs) i think you're uh well you dude we both know you man your your head's always at what can i do next (laughs) (laughs) there may be a uh a uh little bit of undiagnosed uh, <laughs> mental illness that comes along with that. <laughs> Just say that. No comment. <laughs> okay. Well, man, ready to wrap this up? Yeah, I got one final sentiment uh, yeah. for you, as I'm thinking. You know, we we always we skim the surface on some rumors and gaming stuff and da 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 and often i just fly by the seat of my pants because i just want to talk to you man at least once a week i just love talking to you always have that's why we've been friends for however long but i agree that said i want to do some deep dives on some real important shit with you soon Mm -hmm. um the state of isps is uh, i've mentioned that before i want to do that work-life gaming balance i don't even think i got into that as deep as i wanted to with you i think there was still some stuff left on the table yeah i think we hit it just a little bit um i would like to get into a little more of healthy habits that yeah exactly built over the last 
even three to five years. Yeah. Um, and not that they we we worked on these things to offset gaming, but um, I don't know if you would have asked me at twenty years old how important I thought exercise was, I would have laughed. Well, shit. Yeah. Now it's like yeah. uh, become probably one of the more important things that we do. Yep. Yep. Um, I've been hitting the gym uh, two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. I probably should go more. I need to get more running. I always feel better when I run, man. I'm not going to lie. When I run, I feel infinitely better. Yeah, man, um, when I, I first started running, I hated it. And um, yeah, I, I absolutely hated every step. Um, and I'm at the point now that I look forward to it and I feel so much better. Even if I, I go out and run the slowest time that I've ran in three years and go half the distance that I wanted to, I don't care. As long as I get my shoes on and go outside and just get out there for a little while, I, my entire day is better. Hell yeah, dude. I'm totally with you, man. That's how I feel. I feel like my heart thanks me. My body thanks me. The endorphins get run going. I running has gone from a hatred to one of the things that I actually look forward to when I get the chance to do it. I love running, man. Trail running, you can't beat. I love getting off the paved road and and doing the trail running. Uh, it's easier on the body. It's fun. Uh, I love it, man. Yeah. Um. So I hear you on that front. Uh, I just, I have so much I want to say to you yet still. I feel like we've got another 100 episodes to go uh, mm-hmm. in my mind before, mm-hmm. before you know, maybe we get tired of the well, sound only, of each other's voices. Only 95 to go. Can you believe we're at episode five? No, that's silly. That's <laughs> I know, silly. which it's not much, and I'm sure any serious podcast would be like, well, you're five episodes. But, um, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Uh and just having this recorded and uh, excuse to get together and and go through any of these topics is awesome. It's it's amazing, dude. I love it. I can't believe we uh, look. I'm glad we did this. And yeah. I know we don't. We talked about it since episode one. Uh, I don't care what our followers are at. Yeah. I, you know, I yeah, absolutely. If someone wants to extract value out of this, but I'm glad we we get a chance to connect, man. It's really yeah, great. Yeah. So, no, I, I I hope that uh, somebody can get some value out of this at some point, but uh, that's kind of a secondary to the excuse of us getting together and talking. But uh, if the hey, listen, if there is anybody out there, we haven't really said this on any of our episodes, but uh, if anybody's listening and they want to support us, uh, absolutely, the number one thing to do is just to leave a review on iTunes or to share the podcast with your friends. Um, that's the best way just to get us a little bit of exposure, I think. Yeah, we're just starting out, so don't uh, – we're not asking for much. You don't have to buy our T-shirts or our bumper stickers. Just leave us a review and say, uh, let us know how you feel. And, yeah. And uh, that'd be nice. Great. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, I guess I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Jesse. As always, love you, my man. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week. Talk to you soon.
avoid legal snags by telling people they are being recorded. Hmm. According to Skype. Yeah, and that's not the case in Maine, just so you know. You can re- just record people willy-nilly in Maine? Get out it's, of here. Uh, as long as you're part of the conversation, you don't have to inform them that they're being recorded. Fascinating. Is that like a state-by-state state thing, then? I think so, yeah. So, uh, like, uh, I couldn't, like, leave a voice recorder in your house and leave and then record what you're doing while I'm not there. But uh, while I'm there and we're sharing a conversation. Fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. Is this part of the pod? Did we start? No. 